Hi, I'm Kat. And I'm Gabe. And we're the, the Ghouls Next, Next Door. Yeah, and today we are going to talk to you, listeners, about Monsters of Love. Yeah. It's a, a show on MTV. No. Where, <laughs> or VH1 or whatever it is, uh, where monsters uh, compete to love other monsters. That would be a good show, but that's not yeah. what we're talking about. <laughs> this is our Romance Gone Wrong series, and we today are talking about something more upbeat than the rest of what we've been doing. Yeah, it's happy times, where love is good and you want it to happen. Yes. Even if it comes with a little bit of murder, but like, it's not murdering each other, it's murdering yeah. other people, so it's or okay. murder for you, either. Yeah, it's cool. Joe. <laughs> yeah, we're... Don't hold that murder over my head. <laughs> I didn't, ask. I didn't ask for this murder. <laughs> yeah, we're getting some nice and positive feelings out there now that we've addressed more intense topics like rape, rape and stalking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we got that out of the way. So now let's talk about love. L-O-V-E. Yeah. We're talking about specifically one of the most loved monsters with all the sexy, sexy romance mm-hmm. that they have, which is vampires. <laughs> yeah. They are the sexiest of the monsters, according <laughs> to evidence that we found a lot of. Yeah. Yeah. If, if people are falling in love with a monster, despite being told, don't do that, it, it's, the monster's probably a really sexy vampire. And it's like, yeah, they're a murderer, but also, he's really hot. Yeah. Imagine what sex is like. I don't care that my friends are traumatized. Yeah, it's totally, it's totally chill. It's totally chill. Because we're all monsters here. And when you're all monsters here, you're like, yeah, hey, other monster. Yeah. Hey, you look nice. Come, <laughs> let me touch your face. Romance. Yeah, that's what romance is. Yeah. But always ask consent before you murder. <laughs> yeah. Can I murder you? Usually they're going to say no, so. Well, no, you ask the person you're murdering for. Consent. Oh. It's like, okay. hey, is it totally chill if I, like, murder this dude and we eat him together? Yeah? All right, nice. Friday night, calendar, great. Things got weird. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if I'm invested in this relationship anymore. I would do anything for love. (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, vampires are definitely one of the most erotic of the monsters, right? Oh, for sure. And there's like actually a lot of history on that, which is really interesting, which we'll talk about later. Yeah. Yeah. And I... I was one of those people who, I wouldn't say, I wasn't a twihard. I won't say that. But. I've never heard that phrase, but continue. Yes. (laughs) Twilight, twihard. But when I was in high school, I did read Twilight. I had read it. My friend Olivia made me read it. Um, She always had me read, like, the teen reads. Like, we read a whole series called Summer Boys. She made me read Pretty (laughs) Little Liars. Tell (laughs) me. Boys in the Summer. Boys in the Summer? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) I like girls that wear Abercrombie and Fitch. No. You know? Yeah, no. but that's that was what the time was. Yeah. And, yeah, so, yeah, she made me read Pretty Little Liars. She made me all those stuff. Because I was usually, like, the nerd that was reading, like, fantasy novels or crime or something weird. Well, it's so. nice that she made you read all those stuff. Yes, it's nice she made me read all those stuff. So. <laughs> uh, <laughs> where are you reading me? Did I say that? Yes, you did. <laughs> I say it every time. I just like I just love you. It's like to make fun of you a little bit. It's fine. It's part of the relationship. I hear myself do it all the time. Yeah. So I read it and it was okay. And <laughs> um, but when by the time the movies came out, I was like over it because I was like 
older. Oh, so you read it before it was cool. Yeah, I hipstered it. Uh, Yeah, it started my infatuation with, like, monster beings and romance. So, like, it's when I started to really like werewolves and vampires. So I, you know, I had read Twilight. Mm-hmm. I watch Vampire Diaries a lot and True Blood and Being Human. Yeah. Bunch of it. You got werewolves, you got vampires in your show. Sign me up. Young Gabe is there for it. She likes the lore. See, I had a weird, like, very opposite experience where I was like, nah. Like, I remember everyone liked Twilight, and I was like, I don't want to like everything that everyone else likes. It also sounds stupid. Like, why is he sparkly? I don't yeah, get it. Yeah, that's dumb. Like, I just, I didn't it. like the Twilight vampires, and then I didn't have, like, other vampires to have opinions about. Yeah. So then, like, the same people who loved Twilight in, like, my town, I guess, also loved True Blood, and I was just like, well, if you're the person who's telling me this is good, I straight up don't believe you. Yeah. I was like, your recommendation is trash. I know that, like, anything you like, I probably am not going to like. And I'm probably not going to watch that show now. So you were ruined. You didn't even get a chance to follow up. And I had, like, very little interest in it. I guess, like, my big thing that I was obsessed with was, like, sci-fi robots and, like... Or, like, social issues that were more blatant and less, like, metaphored. It was, like... Among the Hidden by Margaret Peterson Haddix, which is about third children and how people weren't allowed to have three kids. So, like, there was this whole underground society of third children that were trying to gain rights and, like, allowed to exist. But I was, like, obsessed with that series. I thought it was the best thing ever. Yeah, so I read the other kind of nerd books. I read, like, scary books, but they were, like, the Are You Afraid of the Dark or, like, Goosebumps. Yeah. But otherwise it was all, like, fantasy stuff that was, like, no one's real. Yeah. (laughs) No one's a human. Humans are lame. We're all fairies, or we're all animals, or we're all this. And it was just like, we're all here, cool, what's up? Yeah, I read a lot of fairy lore. When I was first getting into vampires and stuff, I would, I remember, like, reading or watching some of this stuff, and my aunt getting, like, really upset about it. Okay. Because she was like, back in my day, vampires were sexy. They were, like, alluring, like Dracula. Like, she was talking about Dracula and how, like, you know charming he was and like he would seduce the woman and it was dramatic and it was like beautiful and all this stuff and it wasn't these brooding teenagers it wasn't sparkly man it wasn't sparkly man and i just remember her saying that and being like it but it (laughs) it's like but it is romantic (laughs) like i think it's just modern romantic now yeah it's not as not the same level of creepy it's a different kind of creepy now yeah like i watch you sleep Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. mm-hmm And I'm bad, but don't think about it. You don't want to love me. But do, please. Go ahead. Monsters of love. Mm-hmm. Monsters that represent this weird romantic narrative that's usually kind of like tragic and dangerous, which oh, just makes sure. it all the more sexy. Mm-hmm. Um, and in horror movies specifically, romance um, was a part of what drove 
the plot and the narrative for a lot of them, like classic horror films. Yeah. So like when you're taking Bram Stoker's Dracula, um, Dracula is absolutely smitten with Mina. Uh So much so that he's like risking his life. He's risking people finding out who he is to get her. And John Carpenter is the fly. We see a blossoming romance that survives some truly disgusting transformations. In um, Anne Rice's interview with a vampire, that is absolutely rampant with emotions. Yeah, they made the sensitive vampire, right? Yeah. It was like, you care about this person. Yeah. Who's not a person, but he is. It's just all tragic and like, Mm -hmm. woe is us. We're at the top of this evolutionary food chain and we're still moping around and sad. Yeah. um, But then there was like this, we had this snag in horror films for a while where romance and intimacy were looked down upon and were actually like used as a tool, like a motive for murder. So like think Scream or Friday the 13th with that whole like don't have sex, you'll die situation. But now we're kind of back to this understanding that monsters can find love. Yeah. Um, in one of the films that we're going to talk about today, romance continues on and is in the is the primary focus, whereas the monstrous acts take up the background. Not to be oh, yeah, dwelled on. Oh yeah, the love is like the big thing. Like yeah. we are monsters, yes, but like we love in a way that is so beautiful and profound that like that's the thing everyone should be paying attention to. Yeah, it's it like makes it more hu- like or more like uh, relatable. Relatable, yeah. That it's like. We are just existing. It's totally cool. We just do what we need to do to survive. Yeah. yeah. And then the other media that we're going to talk about um, does a pretty amazing job of juggling the romance and the lore of vampires and also the political metaphors that often accompany vampires. Yeah. In a really awesome way and sexy way. For true. Which is like, it's so sexy that it is oftentimes like brushed off as just being like a romp like like just like sex time show yeah. but it, i mean that's what i remember being told about it i was like i'm not gonna watch that i just don't want to watch people have sex all the time exactly. i have game of thrones like what? yeah <laughs> how many sex so- shows do i need to watch i don't know this is weird <laughs> all of them but yeah it's like as someone who watched it very recently for the first time ever i'm like oh my god this is so emotional i'm like triggered almost at parts so this is beautiful oh my god i care so much yeah, and but it's like there is sex, but that's not my focus right now. Exactly, it definitely yeah, it juggles that in a way that a lot of fantasy like romance novels will do. Yeah, where like romance is kind of something that's like built gradually, and that's like a part of why it's so romantic and sexy. And so the at the forefront is all of like the tragedy that's happening, which I think yeah. is really fun for the other thing we're talking about too, um, where their romance romance is so much in view yeah and like the fact that they're monsters is kind of like just an added part to them yeah like did you know hey i'm a vampire yeah also i like really love you and i need you in my life and like if you're not here i'm dead like yeah (laughs) world is a vampire with romantic horror films revolving around monsters in love or more importantly on vampires in love we connect with audiences who identify their own feelings of otherness and alienation in these characters Vampires have always been about love and how it conquers mortality. When you have all of eternity to be with someone, do you still love them? Right? It always seems to well, have it's this... real. It's a good question. Yeah. It's like, if I have to spend more than 10 years with you, do I want to do I want to do that? Yeah. Or you like, can do anything for 10 minutes. How long do you think you'll enjoy that? Yeah. Is this love? <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, 
and with vampire love, it always seems to have like a childish tone when we talk about them. Mm-hmm. Um, and my theory is that when you're a vampire, you're essentially, you know, superior. So you have like your essentially like your battle senses heightened. You're faster and you can smell things and I don't know, sense stuff and fight mm-hmm. good. Um, but I also think that their emotions are heightened as well, which yeah. makes them incredibly sensitive Similar to like when you're a teenager and everything means everything. Everything is High so intense. Forever. Yeah. You were like, this is your world. It's really small and everything is intense and extreme and it hurts. Everything hurts. And it's forever. Even the good emotions hurt. Yeah, and it's, it's forever. forever. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like vampires share that same emotional like degree. It's just like they also feel everything so strongly and it's so immediate that that's why we get a lot of portrayals of vampires being teenagers or falling for teenagers because that's Mm -hmm. when like humans are in their prime of emotion i feel like yeah and just like impulsiveness and lack of like restraint play very largely into like love in general like you see it in a lot of like Romeo and Juliet, it's like, you are young, you are in love, you will die for each other. That is how much you care for this guy you've known for five days. Like, you care. Yeah. That is forever, it is eternal, and it is never ending. That's <laughs> yes. how vampires feel. Yeah, exactly. Everything's real intense. They live their forever existence that's never going to end, like they're going to die tomorrow. Yeah. And it's like, it's either that it's or they're it. incredibly lethargic, mm. which is also very teenagery. Of like, mm-hmm. I don't care. I give up. Like, I'm aloof. Incredibly, like, just emo about life. Like, vampires are 100% that. Like, Anne Rice's vampires are that. They're just mm-hmm. the, I give up. I'm done. And even in Only Lovers Left Alive, that's what Adam is. He's the Anne Rice vampire of, like, what's the reason to keep going? That's the most teenage thing to ever say. That yeah, is someone who doesn't real. know that there's more to live for. And it's funny because it's like they should know there's more to live for. But I guess if you're living forever and you've seen so much Mm -hmm. that regular human life starts to look pretty mundane and like zombie like. Yeah. You're just like they always do the same stuff. Nothing ever changes. I am evidence to see that because I've been here 2000 years. Yeah. Y'all suck. Yeah. Y'all don't make the best of your lives that you have. And they're fleeting in the end so early. Yeah. Exactly. By the time you figure anything out, you're dead, so. Yeah. Cool. And it's like, I'm stuck here, and we haven't changed. I am stuck here on Earth while the people who are in power, the people who are in charge, are working at a snail's pace to, like, make this a better world and prove ultimately every time to not do that. And so, yeah. like, of course you're going to get disheartened and not want to do it anymore. Because they don't live long enough to learn from their mistakes. Yeah. They're gone by then. And vampires just have to sit there and be like, okay. Yeah, because they can't just be, they're outnumbered. Mm-hmm. You know what they need to do? Mass uprising. <laughs> Turn everyone. No, then they wouldn't have a food supply. Synthetic blood. <laughs> That's what Ethan Hawke movie is about with yeah, all the vampires. Japan. And Get they that. had like the people all like, the last of the humans were just there to be siphoned from. And everyone was a vampire. Yeah. Um, But something that I find interesting in these narratives is that these love interests that are vampires are blatant predators. Mm-hmm. When someone is repeatedly telling you that they are going to hurt you, that they've hurt people in the past, and that they have violent urges, well, maybe you should believe them. 
Yeah, Oprah said, <laughs> when a person tells you how they are, believe them. Yeah. No yeah. one's going to know better than they do. Yeah. But in these stories, our young heroines always pursue them. Still. Well, it's that idea that, one, you believe that they can change. Yeah, you can fix you them. That you can change You're them. You're the person that can fix them. But, like, <laughs> vampirism is very different because, like, you can't fix that. There's no cure. Like, emotionally, maybe a little bit, but, like, you die. And they keep going. They're like, bye, all right, that was a cool 100 years, like or 50 years, whatever. You're gone yeah. now. Well, I forget you 20 times from now. Yeah, well, it's definitely, like... With vampires, when romance is brought into the to the subject, it's almost like instant that we brush off and ignore the fact that they're monsters, like or that they've yeah. murdered people, that like severe things have happened and that they've affected people in yeah. this negative way. It's completely disregarded. And then it because it has to be in order to make way for romance, because you can't love someone if you look them in the eye and know that they're a murderer. And in several different types of um, vampire media, vampire romance media, we see that. So yeah. in Vampire Diaries, Elena falls for not one, but two vampires, yes. two brother vampires that are both bad. That's both, weird. <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> a whole thing. A little but, Go ahead. <laughs> uh, but they're both monsters, right? Stefan, who's like her original love interest, is literally called a ripper because he tears people apart. Not for nourishment, but for fun. He that is nice. the modern Angelus to Buffy's angel, right? Okay. He is this epitome of like, he's just monster. He just like sees red and then destroys everything. And that's why he can't like most do any. Men. Yes. <laughs> uh, that's why he can't. Um, that's why he has like a vegetarian, in quotes, diet of like, he just eats like animals. Because when. He isn't, then he goes insane and kind yeah. of murders the all out everybody. Yeah, he kills together. everything. Um, and then her other love interest, Damon. When we first encounter Damon, he kills and transforms Elena's best friend, Caroline. Cool. And one, I will say <laughs> that's that. That's <laughs> nice to do for their love interest. Yeah. Awesome. Well, he isn't a love interest for a long time, but it, I feel like they just completely forget how murderous he was when he first showed up into town. Like it's he was just murdering seasons. for fun. He tries to like change Stefan back into a monster. They have a weird dynamic that's very supernaturally with the brothers like Dean and Sam situation. Yeah. And like ends up with Damon. And it, it it's supposed to be this like amazing love story that took forever to come through. Yeah. Um, and there's so many things. Um, there's this idea that like Elena makes Damon better, all the while ignoring the fact that he makes her worse. Cool. And essentially, like she tries to leave like a million times, and like she ends up staying. And it's it, it was mapped out as like this idea, like almost like it's her obligation to be with him because she is keeping him in line. She's the only one, which is. All oh. kinds of wrong. Yeah. Like that's not your, it's Ooh. not your job. That's right? that whole, it's a woman's job to save somebody instead mm -hmm. of it's someone's job to save themselves. Yeah. Go check out some Ariana Grande tweets. If you yeah, want to no, figure that's out real, real. why that's, that's a narrative cool. that bothers me very much. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I absolutely lost it when that you was happening. You cannot save somebody who does not wish to be saved. Yeah. And even when he, even if he does want to be saved, it's still not your, like if it's negatively affecting you, if you're being bad if like things are affecting you in that way then it's not worth it yeah. and that trope is very common in vampire human romance when 
Yeah. That like he's a monster and you're fixing him. Um, but there's always that friend who's like the sane one who's like, they're literally just one hungry day away from making you a snack because they've done so. Or in like the case of, of vampire diaries, they have like a switch. That's their humanity switch or whatever. It's mm-hmm. like in their head that at any point they can just essentially become angelus of angel. Like whereas angel has like his soul and mm-hmm. it gets taken away. He becomes angelus. They do that to themselves. And it just so dissociation. Yeah. It's just at some point they give themselves the ability to turn off all emotions and feeling like a person, empathy, and then they can go and kill people. And then they wake up if they turn the switch back on and then they feel all of the damage of what they've done. And well, then, then they're that's sad. that's not worth it. You might as well just not remember it then. Exactly. Which is the problem because then you're still, you're really hella mur- murderous. Yeah, because then you're like, you still did it. Yeah. It'd be different if it was like, you don't remember it. So it's like, all right, well, I didn't do it. Yeah, but it's, <laughs> yeah, it's still, it's all kinds of messed up. But in Buffy, uh, she falls in love nearly instantly with Angel. Mm-hmm. And Angelus, was, was she glamored at any point? Or no. no. Oh, okay. They're just, it's just, they're fated to be mm. like, and that's kind of what it's, it's kind of shown to be. But Angelus is also one of the most horrific vampires out there. He's notorious for tormenting the later crazy vampire Drusilla by killing off her entire family simply because she was beautiful and pure. Cool. He just needed to destroy her. Uh, This monster gets his soul back because he messed with the wrong gypsy, um, which makes him angel, not angelus, when he has the soul in there. He's brooding. He Mm -hmm. remembers all the bad things he did. He essentially becomes all those vampires in Vampire Diaries. Um, But the love between Buffy and Angel is doomed from the start because Angel can never feel true happiness or his soul will be gone. Yeah. And then he... So he just has to be a brooding, miserable time all the yeah. time. Because otherwise then he becomes jealous. When he becomes jealous again, he torments Buffy pretty bad. Not mm-hmm. as bad as he's supposedly done in the past. Like, he's really lukewarm in comparison to the stories that we hear later. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he just, like... He torments her. And then as soon as Angel gets his soul back, Buffy's like, oh, okay, forget all about that. Remember when you can turn on a dime? Just like, God forbid, all this. And there's also the whole idea that (laughs) his true happiness comes after they have sex. And it's like, is that the only time you feel true happiness, Angel? Like, any other time that you're, like, in love with Buffy doesn't count? No. That's stupid. Yeah, no, it's a pretty... He should just never be around her. That's so dumb. Anyway, (laughs) this uh, torture romance does make for a fun spinoff, but yikes. Yeah. Uh, Another fun aspect (laughs) to Buffy, though, is the romance between two vampires. So Spike and Drusilla. Mm -hmm. They're the baddies, but they're absolutely in love. Yeah. And it's kind of like Spike cares so deeply for Drusilla. And even though they fight like teenagers... Because we had adolescent emotions. Yeah. They're kind of sweet in their evil love. Mm-hmm. And he absolutely, no, like, yeah, he's just like a teenager about it. And he throws little tantrums and he's oh, like and jealous like, of Angelus. for a minute and they're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you will make me a love potion. Yeah. But they're like, they're both evil. They both love each other and they they love who they are as vampires. Yeah. Which is, is it's different. It's mm-hmm. so different. So to me, it reminds me of Only a Lover's Left Alive. It's like, we love each other as the monsters. Remember when we ate that homeless man on a bench? Yeah. It was so romantic. Exactly. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, and then later in this section, we're going to be talking about True Blood, which will have a lot more to say, um, yeah. which I essentially got Kat a little good. addicted to. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, I really liked it. It was yeah. a great show. So, yeah. I was very surprised because... As I said, like, the people who recommended True Blood to me, like, five years or ten years ago were, like, not great. So I was yeah. like, eh, I'm not going to watch that. Yeah. It looks dumb. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so that is chock full of r- vampire romance drama and even some lessons in racism. So who knew? No one knew about True Blood. But yeah. it's just... It's deep, man. These teen dream dramas about falling in love with vampires are just rampant with just problems. Don't yeah. do it. They're monsters. Yeah. Let's learn. Well, I'll learn you about some vampires. Vampires in movies and stuff like that. In books, whatever. All that fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, or uses metaphors, metaphors for societal issues. So you see in True Blood a lot the like essence of social issues that surround like homophobia and racism and all that other stuff is like rights. And there's that whole thing where he's like, Oh, when are you guys going to get married? It's like, oh, if it was legal, like, you know, like there's a lot of societal issues being discussed throughout that show. And that's something that's kind of universal throughout the theme of monsters, but especially vampires. So, for example, F.W. Morales, 1922 silent movie, uh, Nosferatu, A Symphony of Horror, was an anti-immigration or anti-Jewish propaganda piece in the opinions of many people. Hmm. So... Monsters in general end up maybe even if not on purpose. Now looking back, we're like, oh yeah, that's about that horrible thing that was going on then. Cool. Yeah. I understand now. Monsters tend to serve that purpose. They're usually it's not just this is a monster. It's usually like, okay, what time period did this film exist and which group of people were we alienating and making out to be the monster? Yeah. Um, but it's also interesting if you like, so fun fact of my life as a history major and a big, my big favorite was historiography. So it's like, why were things written the way that they were in the time period that they were written and why? So specifically in relation to horror, like why was this scary then? Yeah. So you get the period of time where like Dracula is being written, uh, or about, and then, uh, Dr. Jack and Mr. Hyde, like the monster stories that are like kind of being written about in, these time periods where science was changing and Mm -hmm. basically um, they're starting to really look at the brain and the way that the brain operates. So there was this big fear around uh, cerebral. Let me make sure I say it right. (laughs) Cerebral localization um, and basically the essence of free will or the human soul and how, when they were doing experiments on the brain, it eliminated that idea. Like you couldn't really believe that the human's, had souls and could control their actions because the brain was telling you you have a left brain and a right brain. One controls impulse control and the other side does uh, your smarts time. So Nosferatu or Dracula ended up being considered really scary because of the fact that one, as vampires, we see that they're very impulse driven. They really react and they live passionately and they're going against all the other things that like Christian society at the time was saying was repressive. Mm-hmm. Um, so you were told you're not supposed to do that. You're supposed to wait till marriage to have sex. You're not supposed to be hypersexual. You're supposed to have sex with your husband. That's it. You die. Yeah. <laughs> and basically that you weren't supposed to be gluttonous. You weren't supposed to live fast, die young kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Bad girls do it well. Mm-hmm. 
So the anti idea of that. Yeah. Where vampires, you see that that's their whole thing is their live fast, never die. But, you know, they're acting like they're going to die tomorrow. Yeah. Um, they're in, they're acting like they know whatever. they can't die tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There's no consequences. Yeah. Sex with whatever we want and eat whatever we want and do whatever we want. We're living. Yeah. Man, let's go. Try me. Yeah, come on. <laughs> Bring that whatever steak, whatever the only thing that can kill me. Come at me, bruh. Come at me. Um, so that's how they're living. Um, and that was at the time specifically where it was like Victorian era. They were like, nah, guys, don't do that. That's terrible. Um, that's sinful. God will smite you. All the impulses of your human soul, you can fight, like you can have individuality, you can be good person, a virtuous soul, your soul will be saved if you live this way. And contrast to what vampires are saying. But yeah. all the science that they were doing around then kind of showed that people don't always really have control of their impulses. It's very much like signals and triggers and all that fun stuff is what makes you do the things that you do. Mm -hmm. And you'll see a lot of that when you're reading Bram Stoker's Dracula. You're seeing like the movie versions of it that um, there's this whole lack of control over yourself. You are in a zombie-like state. You are uh, being mind-controlled. You are being glamoured, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that like you don't really have control of your impulses. But like the thing that's attracting you is you can't even help it. And that's what's scary. So now we ask, why are they sexy? I'm going to tell you. So essentially the reason in folklore that vampires were always portrayed as like sexy things, it's very funny. Gonna warn you now. Fun fact, when they would uh, think people were vampires, like they suspected vampires existed. They were like, all right, we're gonna dig up this guy's grave. Mm -hmm. Totally gonna find him in there. It's gonna be cool. Um, but he's, he's a vampire times. Every, like almost most of the times when they would exhume the dead body, it would have an erection. So they would assume that that's a thing that I read, and I've decided it's true. That's crazy. So that the corpse would have an erection, and that, like, there. further created the idea that vampires were obsessed with sex. Mm. Um, specifically male vampires, that they were, like, insatiable. They would go have sex with everything. And that's where, also, like, where when a widow, their husband recently died, if they be got, became pregnant, they were always just like, oh, yeah, that's their dead husband. They came back. They're a vampire now. Totally fine. Yeah, because there's no possible way that a woman can have sex with someone who isn't her husband. So the only answer is that he came back from the dead. Yeah, it was like totally cool. So in a modern lens, you look back at that and you're like, that's he. She had sex with the neighbor down the lane. Yeah, she had sex and with her friend. Now she's pregnant, <laughs> but um, totally vampire husband. Yep, it's totally it had fine. to be. But yeah, we have a more modern lens. Where we're like, oh, wait, I have some logic. I can kind of tell what's going on here. Uh, then they did not. They preferred to be like, oh, no, she's still pure. It's totally fine, guys. Mm -hmm. It was just a vampire husband. Um, so there was the whole idea that, like, when they came back, the first thing that they were going to do is have sex with people. Mm -hmm. So that just cre continued the narrative that they, they were these sexy beasts that would come back, and that was their whole thing. Yeah. It was never consensual because back then women could not give consent mm -hmm. to sex. It was it's only for procreation. Yeah. You could never want to do that. Yeah. Um, and they would also say that they would use it as a reason that nuns got pregnant um, or like people who were generally celibate or just like who were societally expected to not have sex ever. Mm -hmm. If they became pregnant, then it was vampires. Duh. They couldn't have done that themselves. Because it, it wouldn't be a human man. Like mm -hmm. a human no. man would not abuse or you know, take her virtue 
uh, human man wouldn't do that. Preposterous. Um, and another reason that uh, generally, I guess you can explain like the teenager end that you were saying. So it's actually true that a lot of times people were assumed to be vampires when it was people who had everything to live for who died, like unexpectedly. So essentially the people who came back as vampires were always young, vigorous, and vital people who died in a pl the prime of their life. Mysterious deaths where um, maybe they were murdered, maybe they committed suicide or died in childbirths. But um, it was people who seemed like they had everything to live for, who seemed un that their deaths were untimely and unnatural and who were expected to resist death, to cling to the world by any means possible. So I guess that's also like the idea that they would come back because they had so much left to live for. They're vampires now. They got to live that rest of that life slash forever. In folklore, when vampires came back, they desperately sought the pleasures of life. They were robbed from them, um, specifically food and sex. Hmm. So unlike what we usually see is where they can't eat human food, in a lot of folklore, they were like unbelievably gluttonous. They would yeah. eat you out of house and home. They didn't have to just eat blood or drink blood, rather, or eat people. Uh, they definitely had to do that for actual sustenance because by regular food, they were never satisfied. So they would eat you out of house and home, and they would also have sex with your wife. Scant. <laughs> the things you don't want. What hedonistic <laughs> creatures. They have to be vampires. They can't be real. Humans yeah, aren't exactly. that way. Yeah. We suffer. But yeah, vampires were just like a token excuse for pregnancy. Yeah. Like if you were like, oh, why is that lady pregnant suddenly? Oh, it must have been that vampire I heard, I done heard about old timey times. <laughs> <laughs> and also, like, female vampires were very much described as, like, succubus or, like, uh, sirens. Mm. So, like, they were unbelievably beautiful. Men have no control over their actions. They could just fall victim to these beautiful women who were coercing them into sex. Um, they couldn't have done that from their free will. No. Um, but it was always told that, like, female vampires specifically were, like, the most gorgeous monsters to ever kill you. Real yeah. good. <laughs> Queen of the damned. Well, it's like, think about it. Like, one, women aren't allowed to enjoy sex. So yeah. if there's a woman out there who's enjoying sex, right? Yep. One, that man is caught off guard because this is, that's crazy. There's They're no like, way. What? So she has to be a monster and she's taking me against my will because now I'm not with my wife who I just do sex upon. I'm going to have sex I can't with her. control myself. The penis just wants it and that's it. Yeah, so... Don't, don't be mad. You're totally on par, because what I wrote down was it ties back to the cultural expectation that women aren't supposed to enjoy sex, or are yeah. supposed to be celibate, and, like, aren't supposed to be, like, about it. God forbid. Besides sex, folklore, vampires lusted for food, any kind of food and drink. As I said, they were called the hungry dead, so... Instead mm. of the walking nom, nom, dead, nom, nom. they were the hungry dead. They were like, I'm gonna eat all your stuff. Yeah. Just very gluttonous. Sorry, I'm sorry, man. They're like the seven deadly sins wrapped up in a... A creature. Yeah, you can honestly like clearly see that in a very like religious society or like um I guess more so a conservative society that all the things you're trying to tell people not to do, the vampires openly do. It's like they're living. Yeah. But we don't want that because that's bad. That'll corrupt your soul that we are not totally sure that you even have because science. <laughs> mm -hmm. And so we'll see a lot in Only Lovers Left Alive of humans being called zombies, uh, which is very in line with the Victorian era ideas that humans don't have control over their actions. They're machines. They're zombies. They can't, they are not free from the idea of like having a soul. Yeah. They don't have one of those. They're just machines doing monotonous life soul. stuff and then they die and their lives are just such a waste. It's tragic. Yeah. We got no control of our actions, what's up? Yeah.
watch stuff. As always. Watch something about vampires. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we watched True Blood, which is it's a series a on HBO that took place from 2008 to 2014. Uh-huh. Pretty good. Uh, it was pretty scandalous because of all the sex that's happening, which is based off of the Sookie Stackhouse novels by Charlene Harris. So yeah. um, let me tell you what it's about. Telepathic waitress Sookie Stackhouse encounters a strange new supernatural world where she meets the mysterious Bill, a southern Louisiana gentleman and a vampire. That's it. That's good. It's ridiculous that his name is Bill. I agree. When she like laughed maniacally at that, she was yeah. like, "There's Bill." That would be Armand. You're like something fancy. I don't know. <laughs> you live forever. Bam. Your name's Bill. Bill. Yeah, this show does a really great job of showing that vampires can be used to convey bigger topics. Yeah. So homophobia, religion, racism in the South. There's the phrase coming out of the coffin. That's used. The yep. existence of the Fellowship of the Sun shows this. Like, there, it's rampant with these things. Like, uh, signs that say "God hates fangs," which yep. is literally one letter away from yep. a slur happening. And that's yep. and that and it. The thing about it that it's I found really interesting <laughs> um, is that uh, even with that, even with the fact that vampires exist and they are the new thing to hate they're the new other oh there's still underlying levels of racism and homophobia throughout yeah. anyway yeah it's just more <laughs> yeah in season one you really emphasize all these themes and tara who is the best friend who is looking at things logically and actually mm-hmm. has like tor- both of the the black characters in this tara and lafayette have really intense traumatic experiences with vampires where they suffer from PTSD. Whereas our white characters are in love and romanticized and like, you know, are fawning over. And despite the fact that their friends are like, I have been tortured. I have, I cannot sleep. I have panic attacks because of the existence of these monsters and you want to marry it. Like what? Even though all that's happening, right? Tara still has to like, talk about how racism still exists. Yeah. Like she has this whole time about her and Jason, like when she's pretending that she's dating him yeah. and she's just like, you think with vampires, like we would be over this. And it's like, you always have that idea that like if aliens showed up, we'd have a new thing to hate. And so maybe people would finally unite and like target this common enemy. That's so very clearly another, but they're still there. <laughs> they're still it's hating on people. Just on another thing to people. hate. Yeah. Now we just have another one. Yeah. We can hate on immigrants and like people of other colors at the same time. And people who are different genders. All of that. We can do it. Um, we're multifaceted like that as a people. Yeah, we're so great at hating stuff. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. And we like the other shows and that I mentioned. We are given a vampire human romance. Yep. We're getting that a lot, honestly. Yeah. Um, Suki has a romance with like every kind of creature. <laughs> she has it with a va- vampire, with potentially kind of in a way a uh, shapeshifter. She kind of has werewolf She's like love, in her like late twenties, and she's still very much like a child she's when it comes pure. to romance. Mm-hmm. She's just like, I love everything except do I? I don't know. <laughs> I thought I loved him. Now I love him. Yeah. What's up? Who? What is love? The reason why we can love her, though, as a vampire of someone who is choosing to have emotions like Vampire Bill is that she is that she 
even though she's an adult and so it's more appropriate that they're having a relationship she's still very young she's a virgin essentially Mm -hmm. uh i believe she is i think it is talked about you know she she definitely she said that she was because of uh the trauma of the molestation when she was exactly she's very virtuous and also the fact that she's telepathic and can hear exactly what men are up to but it's like she is very virginal and pure and simple and childlike which makes her susceptible to a vampire that's looking for that like if you're mm-hmm. living for years and years, centuries and centuries, you're going to yearn for something that's untouched. Yeah. Because that's new. That's like unique. It's different. Yeah. there's. A, I remember seeing that there was a section of why vampires really liked virgins, which I didn't fully read. So I was like, Ugh. but um, it's like definitely a thing where it's like, that's the one thing after all this year of awful years of awfulness. This is the untouched innocence that yeah. is still here beauty in the world i think the best line (laughs) um the best representation of the vampires liking virgins uh quote would be from what we do in the shadows which is a great vampire film and one person said uh deacon who's like the more like nerdier one is like i think we drink virgin blood because it sounds cool but vadislav um says i think of it like this if you're gonna eat a sandwich would you want to eat would you just enjoy it more if you knew no one had effed it (laughs) (laughs) it's like okay i get it that's fair yeah (laughs) you don't want to enjoy that sandwich a little bit more yeah but still it's not like anyone's having sex with your blood it's a little different it's It's like yeah what's funny is like you're thinking of it in the sense that's like you're not stealing their virginity you're eating them so yeah Exactly. I can definitely see the difference there. <laughs> yes, there's definitely a difference. It's like vampires are very sexual, but that's not the entire reason that they're like, yeah, that sounds yeah. great. It's like, nah, it's just like, yeah, it's cool that no one else is. Yeah. Essentially to a vampire, everything is old. Yeah. So it's nice to have something new. Yeah. And we also watched another movie yeah. called Only Lovers Left Alive from 2013. Which I like significantly more than I expected to. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh, Only Lovers Left Alive summary. Artistic, sophisticated, and centuries old, two vampire lovers ponder their ultimate place in modern society. Yeah, it was a really good movie. It was very artsy. Yeah. I was like, ooh, look at this happening. It was super emotional. It's starring Tilda Swinton and Tom Hiddleston. Mm-hmm. So very pointy face, beautiful people. Um, as they are yeah they're yeah it's like it's so good like and to me I felt very strongly that like Tilda was the best person to pick for that she was just so great at it Mm -hmm. like if I'm gonna pick a centuries old vampire that's just like enjoying life and like making the most of being a vampire it's gonna be her she looks so great as she just has like this intensity about her just like when you're looking at her you're like ooh. Yeah. You're intriguing. I can't really <laughs> explain why. If you told me you were actually a vampire, yeah, I'd probably believe you. Yeah. It's beautiful. I, th- I think, and what I loved about this was that it was more about emotions and, like, humanity even after not being a human. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's no on-screen violence. Mm-hmm. It all happens off-screen. Yeah. And there's no sense of, like, damnation or, like, the struggle that we see in other things. And the fact that we, I also love that they're both vampires. Because mm-hmm. then we skip over that whole, like, I'm should we do you this? Or, yeah. like, I'm trying to change you. It's like, no, we're both just us, man. Yeah. And we're going to be in love now. And we live forever. We were married uh, hundreds of years ago. We were really cute and young. And now we're even older. 
and they're also like yin and yang in a way. So like she's always dressed in white. He's always dressed in black. She's like this like literature buff who loves books. He loves music. Mm -hmm. And they love each other for how different that they are. Oh, yeah. It's definitely like an opposites attract, but like total acceptance of each other. And it's like they are very much like she's definitely the one that brings the light to the situation Mm -hmm. and like helps him feel better and feel like his life that is forever has purpose. Like he should not kill himself. Yeah. And he's like, I'm sad. Yeah. And he writes some songs for these zombies who won't appreciate it. Yeah. He's very brooding. He's a classic Anne Rice brooding vampire. Oh, yeah. There's like a line where he says like he feels like it's this like the sand is at the bottom of the hourglass. Yeah. And she says, then it's time to flip it over. Yeah. Which is like that's that's exact that encompasses their entire relationship. Yeah, one hundred percent. Is that he's like the glass is almost empty. And she's like, Well, it's half full. Let's fill it back up. Yeah. Or oh, we Shakes have more to drink. Stuff. Yeah. yeah. You That's know, so and it's sweet. it's absolutely cute and sweet. Yeah. And I I love them so much. It was such a pure amazing relationship. Like especially cuz so we have these two vampires who are married, but they're living in different places. So he lives in Detroit and she lives in Angier. So yeah. they live in totally opposite places right now. Because, like, when you're, if you're a vampire and you're married... Yeah, forever, might as well. Yeah, you can just go off and do things and then you come back. Like, yeah. And that's, like, the story that she essentially tells um, is that they tend to, to be together and then they part and then they come back together. Like, inevitably, they're always going to come yeah, back Yeah, they're together. always going to be together. It's essential to them. Yeah, and they're, they don't feed on people. Mm-hmm. They're getting blood from a hospital where he oh, is. because the humans of the day are tainted. They have these illnesses and are gross. You yeah. don't want to eat them because you'll get sick and your teeth will fall out and you'll get all disgusting. Yeah, so their immortality is in jeopardy, which is another reason why he's probably feeling so sad. So their names are Adam and Eve, which is cute. Yeah. Uh, Adam is your your depressed vampire who essentially wants to commit suicide. Yeah. He's lived long enough. He's tired. He feels like everything that could be done has been done. He's bored with people. They call humans zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, he has indulged. She, <laughs> I really love that she blames like his, um, essentially like his emotional state, like his sensitivity on, um, Byron and Shelley and oh, yeah. when she says some other, uh, some of those French a-holes he used to hang out with, yeah. which is like amazing. Like you think There's about it. There's a lot of just like literature and like lore and just like smart stuff that like, if you like know it, you're like, Ooh, that's so cool. Yes. And if you don't, then it's like totally fine, but like, it's cool. Like you have all the little hints and name drops and I guess like literature references where you're just like, Oh my God. Yeah, literature and history references. You're like, totally right. Oh my god, that's so cool. <laughs> it's essentially for me. I felt like it's a literature nerd's wet dream. That's what it felt oh, like to me. Yeah. I definitely got very excited. Like when he, so Adam goes to a hospital yeah. to get the blood. Every time uh-huh. the doctor there refers to him as a different doctor, and it's always like a, a spooky sci-fi doctor. So uh-huh. he's Doctor Caligari. He's Doctor Jekyll. Like every single time we have this new uh-huh. person, it's, I love. It. I freaked out every single time. You're there's like, a wait, fact that's that, what he's saying. He's saying the stuff. <laughs> there's um, the character of I think it's Marlowe. Yeah. Yeah, Marlo, who is essentially um, the person who ghost wrote for Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. And he says, like, he wishes he had known uh, Adam when he was writing Hamlet because he was the perfect character for that, which is true. He's yeah. very Hamlet-esque <laughs> in a way that he feels like he is owed more to life 
than mm-hmm. anyone else. Um, and that, it was just super exciting. And then there's also like um, references to history as well. And when you mm-hmm. think about like the futility of like humanity, right? So the fact that they're vampires and they have to live in the shadows, they can't directly change the course of the world. So they have to wait for the rest of the world to catch up. Yeah. Which is something we'll talk about um, next week for another monsters episode is that there's a character that's like trying to like the world is trying to catch up with her. Yeah. And so like there's a great line where Eve mentions how Adam loves his scientists and he raves about what has happened to them because of the zombies. Mm -hmm. So he's like Pythagoras slaughtered Galileo in prison, Copernicus ridiculed poor old Newton pushed into secrecy and alchemy Tesla destroyed. His beautiful possibilities completely ignored, and they're still whining about Darwin. Yeah. Right? And it's just like that the zombies don't deserve these scientists and these once in a lifetime genius humans because they won't appreciate them. They're not, yeah, they're not um, seeing the big acceptable. Picture. Yeah, they're not susceptible to like expanding their minds. And yeah. so we're studded, we're stuck. Mm-hmm. And so you're if you're centuries old and you're just waiting. For people to, to finally figure together. it out. Yeah. yeah. That's going to wear on you. Yeah, and I thought no, I that really was amazing. Yeah. I think taking, making the romance just really pure and sweet, making it about two vampires instead of humans, mm-hmm. and putting all the violence in the back allowed us to make this more about humanity and like history and like our progress it allowed it to be so much more than just like a stereotypical vampire film oh 100 it was so nice it was like you kind of forgot that they were vampires for a minute you're just like oh you live forever cool so you have this like really unique and great view of society that no one else has like that was my favorite episode of true blood was when he was like the town hall and he was like telling everybody about the civil war and he's talking about like how he was there and what it was like and like the emotions and the way stuff was, it's like, that's every historian's dream. Yeah. It was so cool. Exactly. And like, if you could find someone who lived forever and ask them and use them to make the world a better place, like we could, but in all of these instances, we're not doing that. Oh, humans don't listen. Exactly. We don't, we think that's supernatural witchcraft, evil times that we yes. don't want to go anywhere Burn near. Burn it. Yeah. Burn it. Yeah. The, we, w- we want to murder everything we should love. Yeah. <laughs> Adam and Eve for me, made it, made the idea of if you were to be a vampire and be in love forever, more romantic than anything else. Be like about it. As someone who's like indulged as a guilty pleasure in that kind of media where it's vampires loving a human and the human's always tasked with that question of like, should I become a vampire to be with my love forever? I've always been like, no. (laughs) Like, it's cute to think about. I get it. I'd like to live forever and like, no stuff yeah or like have this like higher like the thing that would suck is that like the other ones are not nice like they're bad like there's no like bills who like have this still like keen sense of humanity embedded still in them it's like crazy people who are like mass murderers and whatever it's still a struggle yeah like for example and what i like about eve is something that i liked about a character in twilight Mm -hmm. um is it the nerdy one who like yeah. Kept going to college. Yeah. So Jasper is a character who's a side character who 
would go to college and he has like a million degrees mm-hmm. and he just like loved learning. And mm-hmm. I remember reading and it's literally just like a paragraph in yeah. one of the books. And I was just like, I want to know him more. I want to know that more because that's what, that's like such a genius way to spend your time as opposed to being this, like, I'm going to go to college or high school forever. Like that's dumb that you don't have to, unless you look like a prepubescent boy forever. Like you could definitely you pull off a college yeah. student easily yeah. and then just go to college forever. You forge documents because you're a vampire. You're already doing that. Just forge them. So you say that you're 18, right? And that's what I feel like if you're going to be alive forever, that's your opportunity to like learn and expand. And that's what Eve is doing. Like Eve yeah. reads and she's like infatuated with the growing world and with knowledge and literature. And he also is Adam as well with like the expansion of what music can be right yeah and they're so like their little intricacies it's just really beautiful and that was like that's what vampires should be about yeah if you have the chance to live forever it doesn't have to be about those little minute things that's such a human perspective you are too old to think about the things that we think about yeah you're too like you don't have to worry about dying tomorrow so you're gonna think differently yeah to like live and know stuff and like just be super interesting and cool, man. Yeah, you can adapt. You can, like, evolve from where we are. And, and like, they yeah. think that they have it, like, they have it in all the shows. Yeah. They're like, we're so much better. And it's like, not. you're doing all the same stuff. They're just, just being like big extra. teenagers. Yeah. yeah. It's so dumb. Go get smart, man. Yeah. You can. <laughs> I, I don't got time. You. you got time. Love prevails. Go do it, man. So if you like it, it's I'm coming out of the coffin and I'm, I'm doing, doing just fine. fine. <laughs> I gotta get out because I want it all. Exactly. It's coming out of my coffin if you like it. Cool. If you don't like it, it's my vampire husband got my pregnant. Yeah, totally not John down the, the road. Nope, not it the was my man. vampire husband. It was him. He came back to life because I can't have sex with anything else. Duh. Yeah, dig up his Come body. On. He's got an erection. Sure does. <laughs> He's thinking of me. He's totally cool, guys. It just goes back into his coffin and lays down <laughs> with his erection. It's ready to go. That vampire husband of mine. That's how it works. Yeah. So for the topic of monsters of love, which are vampires, mm-hmm. how are you feeling? Um, coming out of my coffin. Yeah. Yeah. I'm about it. Yeah. I want to live forever. I want to learn all this stuff. I bet you at one point in my hundreds of years, my brain would work real good. That'd be super smart times. And also, because you'd be a vampire, like, everything just works better. You're like, I wouldn't be all human-like. You become super hot. I'm already super hot. Yeah. But I'd be, like, extra. Everything would work. You could walk down steps normal. I could run. I could go on steps normal. My lungs would function. I'd probably, like, jump off of stuff. You wouldn't even need your lungs. You don't breathe. It'd be so great. Guys, hey, vampires. <laughs> yeah, hey, you vampires. Exist? Don't do it. I mean, I still want my soul. I like the sun as a problem for me. For me, it's definitely coming out of my coffin. Mm-hmm. And I am doing just fine. Um, because... Just don't eat anybody. It's totally yeah. fine. You're a vegetarian now. You yeah, can't, I would you figure can't be doing it. I would hate to have to eat animals. I would just drink blood. You can yeah. make, like, cool, like, drinks and some stuff. Yeah. I didn't. I don't know. I'd make it interesting. I want to eat people though, and you like, just go to a hospital and take some blood. It's really cool. Yeah, I would love to use an opportunity to 
to learn more and yeah. to grow. And I understand that it'd probably be really depressing at times because I'm already depressed at what the world does. And if I knew that it's limited like that forever, like if I were like already now reading history books, I get sad. Oh, 100%. Thinking about, like, I'm always depressed reading yeah. about like the awful stuff that's happened slash still is happening. Exactly. Like, we always take two steps forward and then like five steps back. That's exactly. just what history is. Yeah. Whenever I read a book and I'm like, wow, we are still there. We haven't evolved in any way. I get super, super sad. So I guess mm-hmm. if I was also like a vampire and I was, I actually lived through that, I could see myself becoming an Adam in some ways. Yeah. But you just need an Eve. You need someone to, to turn your hourglass over, mm-hmm. you know, or you could become the vampires like in Twilight and some of them have cool superpowers. I think it'd be totally dope if you like still like had some of your humanity. Yeah. I think I could still be a good person and be a vampire. Yeah. Live forever just reading books. It's also like a lazy person's dream. Because yeah, you're not like dream. the ever uh, inching, you know, mortality is not looming over you. Like death yeah. is not around the corner. So you don't feel any sense of urgency. Like when you're like, oh, I get to that tomorrow, you probably can because you're going to be the prime. I just I watch to be a lot a- of TV and listen to a lot of music and like draw and make video games and like not leave my house. And it would be so great. So for the media... For Only Lovers Left Alive and True Blood. Coming out of my coffin. 100%. It was just so great. I really enjoyed this way more than I thought I was going to because I was always very anti-vampire. Yeah. I, like, dug the whole situation. Now Welcome I'm like, yeah, vampires are so cool. Can we just all be them now? Like, for it. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, you find the, the lore and the love of vampires. It's, yeah, it caught me earlier. I'm glad that you're wrapped up in it. I really, really loved Only Lovers Left Alive. I didn't think yeah, I would. And I'm really so happy I did it. And we watch a lot of movies that, like, we thought would be relevant that, like, kind of weren't. And I really enjoyed those, too. Like, I was yeah. just, like, really satisfied with this little tail end of our romance gone wrong yeah. series. I think hopefully everyone else will really enjoy it. Yeah. And I think it's such an interesting take on vampires. Like, we have, we've talked Dracula, yeah. and it's about time that we talk about vampires. But to do it in this way is very interesting. Oh, yeah, because it's not just like, ah, drink your blood or suck your blood yeah. or whatever. It's like, oh, my God, but love, though. Let's talk. Yeah, let's talk about. Let's talk about feelings. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's what we got for you. Those are the, that's the monster of love, vampires. So don't get married. You'll live forever and then not have kids. Yeah. Oh, that's another thing that made me sad. You can't have kids. Didn't even touch it? upon it. Yeah. You wouldn't be able to have babies. You'd well, be you cool, make, but I'd be You sad. become a maker and you make somebody a vampire same, and then I guess, I guess you're adopting. People. You get a Jessica. Yeah. Who's the hottest vampire that ever was. Yeah, she seems real fun. I'm excited to see her story unfold. <laughs> All right. Okay, bye. Bye. Hello? Hi. What are you doing? I'm recording <laughs> the podcast. You're on the radio? I'm on, in my radio station. Hello. Hey, guys, Mom. Right.